Live from Studio 6B. How'd you like that opening? <laughs> Fran, I loved it. Fran with the fire opening there. Uh, live from Studio 6B on a uh, Wednesday night. Glad you're in. Lots to do. Rick Delgado's here is going to have the news. Geo Fran holding it down. Amirati's going to have sports in a little bit. Great show tonight. Lots to do. We'll review the State of the Union. I had a lot of fun last night with John Solomon and the great David Oliver, who uh, hosted our State of the Union speech, uh, coverage of the president's speech, if you want to call it that. And it was a lot of fun. So I woke up this morning, and you know, I'm, I'm just a simple guy. I want to make my coffee, turn on RAV in the morning, turn on CNBC, watch the market open. And usually at 9 a.m., I watch Jessica and Terrence, and then watch Bannon 10 to 12, and watch the whole day until, almost until us. Well, this morning, I really wanted to make sure I tuned in because I knew we were expanding our morning show to 8 a.m. with Ed Henry and Karen Turk being live from West Palm Beach, Florida at Benny's on the Beach. Nice. Yeah, live audience, the whole deal. So I, I'm, I had to tune into that. So I did, and it was fantastic start to the show. And then, well, we kind of divulged into... I don't know if it was chaos, but I was put into a position that I woke up never thinking I would be in. If you missed it, G, roll it. And welcome to Benny's on the Beach. You know, this is a little awkward to say live on the air, but we also have a big team of people from Real America's Voice. One of them, I don't know if we should be talking about this business in public, but oh. Harry, you know, Harry. behind the scenes guy. <laughs> yeah, of course. He's kind of getting a big head because he's on this Studio 6B at night a lot. He's I've behind the scenes there. now, and I want people in the chat. Should Harry live or die in terms of... <laughs> should Harry live or die? That's well, not literally live or die, but I mean, should he be our behind-the-scenes guy? We have a whole great team here. People right now... I'm not sure. This might be Harry's last program with him. I'm not sure. I mean, just with us, not with the network. I'm not trying to get the guy out. But he, he's, he's big on Studio 6B. Can he survive on this special pop-up show? Your thoughts on that in the chat. I want to see it. I think Harry always brings it. Harry's one of my favorite right, people to work with, so I'm team Harry all the way. We need energy, Harry. We need energy. Oh, Real quick, I want to play uh, a bite from the president last night talking about how he is allegedly taming the deficit. Listen. <laughs> all right. I told Harry I wanted the bite about the deficit, uh, so strike one against Harry. Living or dying. <laughs> I don't know if you can see my phone, guys, but this is a little tease. We, we started the show wondering, uh, will Harry live or die? He's one of the behind-the-scenes guys. Uh, Parker, giving him uh, some words uh, about uh, how one of the sound bites was wow. not ready at the beginning of the show. I think, Harry, it's going to his head. This guy's on Studio 6B all the time. He's no longer behind-the-scenes guy. He's got stars in his eyes. He now has some kind of a name on social media, Harry on the highway, because he, he chronicles his adventures out there on the road. Uh, and Damon and the boys from Studio 6B are really promoting him. And so, you know, he dropped the ball on a couple things, frankly. Let's be honest. You know, we wanted a soundbite earlier. It wasn't quite there from the Biden speech. We're going we're to blame uh, Harry. And so Damon is apparently watching, okay? Okay. And so okay. Damon I'm from Team Studio Harry, 6B. So I want to see what Damon said. Buddy, I, Buddy, see I thought Damon you slept said. in. <laughs> yeah, his show's I'm not on Harry. for like, I don't know, a long time. But uh, Damon sends in this text. You tell Ed Henry to leave Harry alone, or I'm going to come down there to Benny's on the beach, and it's going to be called Ed's in the Water. <laughs> <laughs> We're the only show that can tear you up like this. So I, I think Damon is threatening me a little bit. So I come on so. down, buddy. Come I think it was down. pretty clear. That was pretty clear. <laughs> Jim, we love hearing these real American voices. That's what real America's voice is all about. But the big question for Jim. Uh -oh. Harry, Harry, live or die? Harry. Oh, hey, look. 
I don't know a lot about Harry. I'm getting a lot of thumbs down. Just to look at the guy and say, this guy's got to live. I'm all, just let Harry live. All right, let Harry live. That's going to be the final word. The stakes could not be higher for Harry. And, Ed, you know, earlier when I was saying um, if it had to end, that's a beautiful place for it to end. I was actually alluding to Damon's, uh, quote, threat to you that he was going to have the establishment there named oh. Ed's in the water. So you have to worry, too. Oh, so you're saying it would be the end for me. It'd be the end for Harry because Damon, this guy I don't even know, who allegedly has some kind of a show, Studio 6B, I don't know. I guess I'm just going to take over the show. He the said guys Ed's around. on the water, Ed's in the water, because he's going to throw me in the water. He's a yep. big talker, this Damon guy. And in fact, I just got a text, guys, this is breaking news, that Damon wants me to come on Studio 6B tonight. So I figure, what the heck, if he's a real guy, this Damon guy, allegedly he does this show, I'm going to be on Studio 6B. And then Ed Henry, yours truly, if I live through this, I'm going to be on with Damon tonight, so don't miss it. Please welcome to live from Studio 6B here to explain <laughs> to myself is the great Ed Henry. Ed Henry, how are you? <laughs> you know, um, actually, um, if you'll allow me, I've prepared a statement. <laughs> okay. Do you need any music? <laughs> After uh, much reflection on this Ash Wednesday, mm. Damon, Rick, the entire crew at live at Studio 6C or B, B 6B. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, on behalf of the entire RAV morning team, yeah. I would like to humbly apologize for my cavalier treatment of Mr. Harry Oates, hmm? a.k.a. Harry on the Highway, a.k.a. Fuzzy Wuzzy, <laughs> a.k.a. Dirty Harry. I promise during this Lenten season to treat my colleagues well and wait, I'm pulling a Pelosi. <laughs> I'm not apologizing for anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. How are you? <laughs> Look, I stand behind it. The guy is a behind-the-scenes guy, okay? <laughs> We're the talent. Well, no, We're supposed to, you know. Don't double down. <laughs> and this guy, now, he's, oh, you don't even see this, but maybe he'll come out in a minute. There's a camera over here pointed yeah. towards where Harry might be if he wants to comment. Yeah. There's microphones. The guy's getting his hair done. I mean, you know, I like him. <laughs> Let me just be clear. But he, he's, now he's getting into position, and he's trying to take our jobs. I'm not trying to take his job. So I just think you guys, it's gone to his head, that's all. Well, I think stars in his eyes was... <laughs> I think that was I was good with that you up till well. then, and then I don't know. I just felt the need to have to defend Harry because he's really our punching bag. I guess I mean, what you know, yeah. I've been with I've been so, with Harry for almost twenty years now. A good Long Island guy like I am, I respect that. Uh, but I feel like you're not really defending him per se. You're defending your right to punch <laughs> him more than I punch him. I, our exclusive right. There, there may be. Some, I feel I like I've got you. I've never seen Damon at a loss for words. <laughs> there may be some truth, like true social. There may be some truth to that. There may be some truth to that. This but is, this is that reminds like, me. Yeah, go ahead, Rick. This is almost like a prison fight to see who who gets the newbie <laughs> that just got brought into the cell. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at Truth Social right now, and live from Studio 6B, this amazing show. It's got the chat is on fire. There's so many people watch it. 326 followers. <laughs> I've got over 500. <laughs> so big talking Damon. Well, <laughs> a couple hundred followers behind. Right well, now. we're all, we've only been on for one day, Ed. Me one. too. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fine. But uh, you're Ed Henry. Uh, I'm. Uh, but oh, I had one show today. You had one last night after being on. 
Now you got another one. The chat's on fire. I mean, where's your people? Are they getting behind you or not? Well, maybe I, I, maybe I this Harry thing is taking you off focus of your A game. And I now it's all about Harry. It's not about you. That's my point. I it's don't. not about you guys anymore. It's all about Harry. I don't know if I have an A game, but I'll tell you who has an A game is you and Karen Turk to be for, um, let's be we serious here for a second. It was, the morning show yeah. was fantastic this morning. Well, thank you. Yeah, we have a whole team. And you mentioned you watched Jessica and Terrence. Yep. It's four of us together. It's really what we're trying to do is a two hour block, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern, lead into Bannon. He's, his chat's on fire every day. He's got a lot of people watching. Uh, I gotta say, to take a step back from me or Harry yep. in particular, <laughs> um, you know, he was there today. In all seriousness, at CPAC, the reaction from actual people who actually watch us and actually make choices to not watch some of the other big boys because they say they're fed up with them, they're tired of them, and they like these streaming choices. Uh, it's a whole new world. It's a whole new media landscape. And in all seriousness, because you know I'm teasing you as a New Yorker, um, you guys are at the forefront of it. Long before I came to RAV, I was, I was sampling you guys on Roku and Pluto TV. And the show's fun. You guys have a good time. I think a lot of us here at RAV, that we have that approach. Um, but in the morning, you know, we're trying to bring some news and have a little bit of fun with it. That's why we got into the Harry thing. Um, and you have that running character of Harry on the highway. People tune I mean, Harry and I were together at CPAC, and he was telling me about how you guys talk about the rodeo going to the rodeo, and you've got hundreds of people emailing in, hey, we'll get Harry to this rodeo, that rodeo. It's not about us, it's about the people who are watching and react and wanna interact with us and wanna be part of the conversation. And I think too many people in our position, this whole joke about Harry behind the scenes, whatever, too many people in our position, you know this is true, they want it to be about us. Here's what I think about Biden, here's what, you know, and, and here's what I think about Trump and what, and you get lost in your own stupid thoughts and punditry. And instead, listen to the people. And frankly, that's how Trump got elected in 2016. Let's just put it on the table. He, he got elected because of all the smart people on TV. He'll never get elected. Hillary's got the money, all this. And the same thing may be playing out again. And we are right in the middle of that conversation. Well, I tell you, I can't agree with every, I couldn't agree more with everything you said. We've built something special here. I believe that all, from the, uh, from the Zen master, as I call them all the way down, I think they're building something special. I think this is the future where people want to take in their news, take in their media, have a little fun. And that's what this show has always been about. You know, we, I started this show in 2015 when Trump decided to run and it was, and a lot of the first you know, six months of the show was what you just were talking about. We were discussing how he was doing it a different way, how he was using media in a different way. And um, that's how we got this show started. And I always felt like <clears throat> no one knew who we were, but we were a bunch of regular people talking about issues that people talk around their dinner table. And we tried to talk about them in a way that they probably talked about them. And that's what we've always yeah. tried to do. Have some fun, be, try to bring them the news. But in the end... Mm -hmm try to talk about the issues, you know, with the, the way they talk about them around the dinner table. Right, and the, you know, Jim, who was joking around about Harry, we pulled him over because he had this t-shirt with a Thomas Jefferson quote about standing up and being heard. Uh, and he basically said that he had spent a lot of time around Williamsburg, at Colonial Williamsburg and whatnot. And he was saying, we've lost sight of the basic principles in this country of freedom and liberty. And when I was talking about the pundits, the politicians fall into that same swamp, right? And that's, again, how Donald Trump got away, is that they all think, 
with the vaccine mandates. They thought, oh, no, this is the smart thing to do, and we're so much smarter than the Trump voters, and they tied themselves up in knots over the mandates. And I'll tell you a couple things. Now, last night, ahead of the big State of the Union, with Biden in deep political trouble, all of a sudden, no more mandates, no more masks. All of a sudden, the science is saying it's okay for us to not wear masks all because he wanted to make a big show last night right and i I opened the morning show today saying that i didn't this is not my idea again it's the people i was checking truth social this morning and somebody sent a note to me and said uh something to the effect of okay so now the biden administration after all the courts have spoken and whatnot are saying no more vaccine mandates that's great for them what about the guy in ohio what about the guy in arkansas who lost his job because he refused to comply with a vaccine mandate that he knew was unconstitutional did not follow the freedom and liberties that were that this country was founded on and everybody laughed at him and said oh you're knucklehead you should get vaccinated fall in line with everyone else now the administration says we're dropping the mandates where does he go to get his job back guys let's discuss that in a little bit more when we get back live from studio 6b with ed henry We'll get into a little bit of the State of the Union, some of the other issues surrounding the Republican Party when we get back. Good to have you in on a Wednesday night, Real America's Voice. We're back right after this. All right, 17 past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday night, Real America's Voice, Dish Network Channel 219, Pluto TV Channel 240, Samsung TV Plus Channel 1029. Glad you're in, of course, streaming on all our social media at LFS6B and at Real AM Voice. Ed Henry's been nice enough to join us. Did the morning show this morning with Karen Turk, and they were great. Just fantastic. You guys are engaging, informative, great guests. I mean, it was really a fun two hours this morning to watch. Um, We'll be back tomorrow morning, so I hope you're watching again. Absolutely. Let's um let's talk about some serious stuff. Go get them. Mm-hmm. this. I'm going to end every show by saying go get them or play ball or something. I, what what do you what do you think that was? I think it had to be Putin. You know, just at face value. But then I thought we're not really going and getting them. We're yeah. making sure we don't do very much of anything, right? So it really doesn't make sense. I honestly think it was an old man saying, go get him, kid. You know, <laughs> let's, you know, we're coming back. Uh, that's the best ex- explanation I can come up with. Because if you also think about really the lowest moment was when he was kind of bringing people together at the beginning to his credit. I mean, it was easy in some respects because he's talking about, you know, freedom over tyranny and who's in favor of Vladimir Putin. He's a great villain. Uh, it's horribly destructive and tragic what's happening uh in ukraine but then he says we are with the iranian people and kamala (laughs) harris is behind him mouthing ukrainian you know and when (laughs) i I guess the bottom line is when kamala harris who's sort of a gaffe machine these days is correcting you you got problems you know that's the thing (laughs) I, i still feel like people try to um I don't know, like tiptoe around it. And, and I think you got to take it straight on. This man is not well. I mean, he is, he is not well. He should not be giving these speeches this late at night. I mean, the slurring of the speech, it's hard to understand. Like, honestly, all three of them up there, you look at our presidential uh, chain of non-command up there between him, then her, and then Madame Tussaud over there. 
doing the two-step as he's talking about burn pits. I mean, what is going on up there? Well, and I saw Rick playing with the hands on the way out oh, of yeah. the A block, and I think he was sort of teasing her because <laughs> what in the world is going on? She keeps moving her mouth around, too, like there's some dentures in there or something. Yeah. Yeah, those um, are loose, and, and then mean, she must have gone to, like, Macy's and gotten squirted too much uh, cologne, so she had to move right, it around, right, well, you know? What was this? So I, I, I literally, <laughs> you know, what was that? And then there's another video circulating where she was so excited to jump <laughs> off. I don't know if a she heel got caught, and, and she almost <laughs> fell over. Yeah. And it's just like, what is happening? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> I don't know what's happening, but, uh, you know, to be serious, I think... Our, our enemies look at this and they absolutely see weakness and they see dysfunction and they see, uh, they see a president, in my estimation, who's unwilling to do what he has to do to really lay the hammer down here. We know if we wanted to unleash American yeah. energy here, we could put the nail. In, you think about the spot that the Russians are in here. There are, obviously, this has not gone, you would think, the way they thought it would go. Although I'm interested yep. in your opinion on this. I, I feel like Biden made a calculated... Well, I don't know if it's calculated, but he, he almost talked up the, the Ukrainians, which, of course, we're all watching in, in horror of what's going on in the president and being heroic and all of it. But he almost talked it up like they were they were taking the enemy down. And, and boy, I, I just think that was, you know, today you see they take their first major city. Do you think he made a mistake of, of almost building it up so much that it almost seemed like the Ukrainians were, were, had the upper hand in this whole thing long term? And that Yeah, I could, think it can be a mistake. Because part of what he's doing is, right, if you're not all in and you're watching your friend fight someone and they're getting their butt beat a bit and you're not willing to fight on his behalf, you're like, he's doing great. He's great right now. It looks like he's winning. He's winning, right? <laughs> because we're not all in on helping the Ukrainians. We got the Ukrainian ambassador up there and the first lady's hugging her and that's all well and good. But what I'm trying to say is the, the banking sanctions and whatnot are hurting Putin. But you alluded to it a moment ago. You really want to punch Putin. Stop buying 600,000 barrels of oil, of Russian oil, right? And how do you do that? You talked about unleashing American energy. Talk to people in Pennsylvania who know this. They say you can frack Pennsylvania to the point that you'd have enough energy for America to last over 100 years, over a century, right? And that's one state. That's just Pennsylvania. Get North Dakota, get other states in the full-fledged fracking game. And oh, oh yeah, what about that Keystone Pipeline that you shut down, um, you know, week one of the new administration? You, you, they didn't unleash American independence in terms of energy. They, they turned the spigot off, right? Yeah. And now you see what's going on. And so we don't really have Putin at the throat because if you Given the fact that you turned off some of the American independence, right, and you're unwilling to stop buying 600,000 barrels of the Russian oil, why is that? Because you take that out and gas prices here, which are already high under Joe Biden, are going to be through the roof. So politically, they can't stomach that. So they, I mean, uh, approval ratings in the low 30s, right? 23% is it of Democrats in the latest survey say they want him to run for re-election of Democrats? So think about where the independents and Republicans are. So Biden's out for the next round based on these polls. But Harris is not the one that the Democrats are buying on either. And so this is going to be a free-for-all primary. So the Democrats can throw stones at Donald Trump all they want. But I think he's sitting here in Palm Beach watching this with glee because it was a mess of a State of the Union. The approval ratings are awful. Inflation and, and gas prices and all the rest of the roof. Um, if, if Donald Trump keeps this going with over $200 million in political money in the bank, 
uh, running the endorsements and the Republican Party through Mar-a-Lago, uh, he's in a strong position uh, after these midterms, which are expected to be a big, big Republican victory. He'll be in a strong position and, and, and ready to go for 2024. So let's talk about the I only got a couple minutes left here, but let's talk about the Republican Party. In my, in my estimation, and I said this last night, I, I think maybe what was going on in Texas last night might have been the bigger story than we, more, at least for conservatives, what we should have been keeping our eye on more than what was going on in Washington, D.C. I'm, I'm somewhat stunned to see Governor Abbott get 67 percent in a state where yeah. he was all on board with COVID fascism, lockdowns, mandates. Uh, I mean, this is the thing about the Republican Party that scares me. Like, if we don't start getting governors, state legislatures, local officials to start looking, acting and governing like the people who put them there, like their constituents look, we have red state governors, red state sheriffs in, enforcing unconstitutional mandates still. You know, our problem may not be as much Biden as we think, as much as we better look inside the party and figure out what we stand for now. What do you, what do you think about that? When I drove up, it was like a two-hour traffic jam to get to the president's rally some weeks ago in Conroe, Texas, outside Houston, uh, that we were covering here on RAV Live on a Saturday night. A big traffic jam. The first sign I saw was not a pro-Trump sign. It was, Greg Abbott is a rhino. Okay, I saw that on the side of the road. And to your point, there's a lot of frustration in Texas and around the country about Governor Abbott. But why did he win? We had Donald Trump behind him. And he had Alan West as the chief rival uh, who had some support. Mark Levin and others in the media got behind him. But he wasn't very well funded and didn't have Donald Trump in his corner, at least not officially. Uh, and so Abbott squeaked through. Uh, but you're absolutely right that, you know, Liz Cheney, Kinzinger, um, th they're facing well-financed, Donald Trump back candidates. Kinzinger's now walked away because he doesn't want to face it. But Liz Cheney, yeah, she's got a lot of money in the bank, but she's playing a lot of defense. And Donald Trump is coming for them all, one by one, ready to pick them all. Yeah. Well, um, first of all, it, it is great to have you as part of the family, to be on honestly. It's and great to be um, here. you have a great sense of humor. And thank you for that. <laughs> and thank you for, um, for coming on. And uh, we love Harry. We would do anything for <laughs> Harry. And. Um, you can uh, keep them. <laughs> <laughs> we can keep them. You know, we want you, we want you both to come down to South Florida. Um, and first of all, come on the morning show. Come over to Benny's on the beach. You got the best breakfast in South Florida, right there on the ocean. And then we'll go play some golf. I think we worked it out over the phone. No strokes, right? We're pretty even. And we're just going to go right at it. Well, I mean, you probably should give me a couple, but I think we figured it wait, out. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I would, I would absolutely I love that. I think we're going to have a lot of fun together. It's great to be on with you here, but it's also looking forward to seeing you guys off the air as well. We'll have some breakfast. We'll have some fun. Ed Henry, cool. watch him tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. bright and early. Harry Oates will be there making it look good. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Harry, live or die. What do you think? What do you think? Thumbs down. Thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got lots to do. Crazy Town, our recap of the State of the Union that only we can put together. That's coming up. Rick will have news, lots to do. Sports, John Fredericks will join us in the second hour as well. Lots to do live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday night.
right, 30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice, Dish Network Channel 219, Pluto TV Channel 240, Samsung TV Plus. Glad you're in on a Wednesday. Lots to do. Oh, that was fun. It was fun this morning, too. I honestly honestly turned the show on just to watch, having no idea it was going to go in that direction. <laughs> I ended up having to defend Harry, but it was, I mean, he's got a great sense of humor. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and it's kind of unexpected because you've seen him all those years on Fox News. Not exactly a place where, you know, they're into the the, the comedy, unless you're hanging with Greg Gutfeld or something. Yeah. Uh, he was great. So it was fantastic. Rick Amorati's here. He's going to do sports. How are you, pal? Hey, Big D. How you doing tonight, Rick? Well, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. Until I came in, because I didn't look at any scores last night, and I talked to mm. Gio. <laughs> wow. Oh, the badges, Big D. They came wow. through for me. Look at that. Look at I think, that. I think I said last night that that was probably going to be another winner. I like the new name. Well, so now we have formally now filed paperwork. Gee, let's put it up. <laughs> this is now official. <laughs> you're, under, you're under official investigation here for um, well, let inside me just cl- information betting from, from Papa Nolan. Well, I, I think this looks a little bit more like bull dorm than uh, dorm <laughs> investigation. So come on, Big you, D. You know what? I, I just hope the investigator questions the birds because I'm sure they might talk. <laughs> that's, a, oh, hey, yeah. that's a good point. Those yeah. birds do talk. Yeah. Like that's stool a good pigeons. Point. They hear everything. All yeah. right. Well, let's. Uh, we, we, the first two segments, Ed Henry was nice enough to join us. We had some fun talking about Harry in the morning show. By the way, tomorrow morning, Ed Henry and Karen Turk, uh, 8 a.m. It, it really is great. Take the Harry stuff out. It really is great. They're engaging, <laughs> informative, great guests. They had Matt Whitaker, former acting attorney general, on this morning. Ken Paxton, who's now in a runoff down in Texas. We're going to talk more about what happened in Texas because I'm just shocked. I'm shocked that Governor Abbott is going to end up with 67%. I, I just, it's just shocking to me. He's, he, he might as well have been a Democratic governor through, through most of COVID. He was no better. He locked up Shelley Luther. He was all on board with all these mandates. He, I mean, he was his, I mean, 67%, really, in Texas? I'm just shocked by that. Now, I get the whole Allen West and, 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 and Huff Hines and all these, they didn't have the former president. Which, um, and they're not funded, I get it. But man, I'll I tell you, I would, uh, I would have thought that, that the way he governed would have been enough to maybe drive those numbers a little lower and give Alan West a shot. But not, not to be. Well, so. you know what, the, the, though the last year or so, he's really been kind of leaning more, you know, DeSantis-y uh, following Florida's lead. So you know what, that, that's going to that's gonna play into his favor. Let's face it, he changed his, changed his course a little bit all of a sudden. You know, the people who may have been lukewarm are now like, hey, you know what, he's starting to come around. Maybe, maybe he went through a, yeah. you know, he, had the, he saw the light, so to speak. And I'm not talking about the stars in his eyes. Well, maybe. Um, so we're going to cover the State of the Union here for a, a while, and uh, we'll talk about, I, I had a good time doing the, co- you know, one of the more effective things I thought, I don't know if you guys caught this, was that ad that they ran um did you guys see i don't know if you guys saw this ad run, run roll that jay remember this ad this is drugs oh yeah sure. wow, Rick. <laughs> this is your brain on drugs nancy and ronald <laughs> any questions <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was pretty i thought that was effective yeah that was effective that's what can happen stay Some away maracas. From, right. stay, stay away from the drugs kids <laughs> Um, well, I asked G to put together in only way we can a recap of the night in case you missed it or, or couldn't stomach it. And you were, I had a lot of people say I didn't watch it. I'm, I'm waiting for your version. Well, here's our version. Roll it, G. Members of Congress, I have the high privilege and distinct 
honor of presenting to you the President of the United States. Thank you all very, very much. Last year, COVID-19 kept us apart. This year, we're finally together again. Vladimir Putin sought to shake the very foundations of the free world. He thought he could roll into Ukraine and the world would roll over. Instead, he met with a wall of strength he never <laughs> anticipated or imagined. And the cost, the threats to the America and America to the world. <laughs> we spent months building coalitions of other freedom-loving nations in Europe <laughs> and the Americas to, from America to the Asian and African continents <laughs> to confront Putin. It matters now that he's acted. The three free world is holding him accountable. We're cutting off Russia's largest banks in the international financial system, preventing Russia's central bank from defending the Russian ruble. Putin <laughs> may circle Kiev with tanks, but it'll never gain the hearts and souls of the Iranian people. The Iranian people. These steps will help blunt gas prices here at home. But I know news about what's happening can seem alarming to all Americans. But I want you to know we're going to be okay. The <laughs> pandemic has been punishing. And so many families are living paycheck to paycheck, struggling to keep up with the rising cost of food, gas, housing. Like many of you, I grew up in a family when the price of food went up. It was felt throughout the family. Remember those long lines of cars waiting for hours just to get a box of food put in their trunk? Unlike the $2 trillion tax cut passed in the previous administration that benefited the top 1% of Americans, the American Rescue Plan... The American Rescue Plan helped working people. We were told the tax break for those at the top and benefits would trickle down and everyone would benefit. But that trickle-down theory led to a weaker economic growth, lower wages, bigger deficits, and a widening gap between the top and everyone else in, in, in nearly a century. Vice President Harris and I ran for office, and I realize we have fundamental disagreements on this, but ran for office with a new economic vision for America to put us in a path to win the economic competition of the 21st century that we face with the rest of the world, particularly China. We lose something? I told Xi Jinping, it's never been a good bet to bet against the American people. There's been a law in the books for almost a century to make sure taxpayers' dollars support American jobs and businesses. Every administration, Democrat or Republican, says they'll do it. But we're actually, we're actually doing it. We'll buy America. If you travel 20 miles east of Columbus, Ohio, you'll find a thousand empty acres of land. What are you looking for? It won't look like much. But if you stop and look closely, it's like I can't read you'll this see a field of dreams. Mind. Just look around and you'll see an amazing story. Where's Trump? The rebirth of pride that comes from stamping products made in America. Something some of the most sophisticated manufacturing in the world to make com computer chips <laughs> the size of a fingertip. From smartphones, technology, that, the internet, technology has yet to be invented. But that's just the beginning. And all they're waiting for is for you to pass this bill. <laughs> So let's not wait any longer. Send it to my desk, I'll sign it, and we'll really take off. It's time <laughs> to see the, the, what used to be called Rust Belt become the, 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 the home of, of a significant resurgence of manufacturing. Inflation is robbing them of gains they thought otherwise they would be able to feel. I get it. <laughs> so you didn't have people making those 
beings that went into buildings because they were out. The factory was closed. The panic also disrupted the global supply chain. The panic? Factories close. When that happens, it takes longer to make goods and get them to the warehouses, to the stores, and go, prices go up. I think I have a better idea to fight inflation. Lower your costs, not your wages. <laughs> 17 Nobel laureates in economics said my plan will ease long-term inflationary pressures. I really mean to think about that. That's what I think about. So that's my plan, but we have to go more detail later. I'm going to grow. We will grow the economy. So what are we waiting for? The previous administration not only ballooned the deficit with those tax cuts for the very wealthy corporations, it undermined the watchdogs. Remember we had those debates? No. That's what I think about. In the G7 and other meetings overseas, we were able to put together. I was able to be somewhat helpful. Guess what? You got four basic meatpacking facilities. That's it. You play with them or you don't get to play at all. Tonight, I can say we're moving forward safely back to a no, norm, more normal routines. Under the new guidelines, most Americans and most of the country can now go mask-free. We'll never give up on vaccinating more Americans. <laughs> because you can't build a wall high enough to keep out a, 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 a vaccine. The vaccine can stop the spread of these diseases. We, we are also ready with antiviral treatments. I'm announcing you can order another group of tests. COVID, go to covidtest.gov starting next week, and you can get more tests. Let's stop sending nope. each, seeing each other as enemies. Start seeing each other froze. for who we are. And folks, ban assault weapons with high-capacity magazines hold up 100 rounds. You think the deer are wearing Kevlar vests? Look, repeal the liability shield that makes gun manufacturers the only industry in America that can't be sued. The most fundamental right in America is the right to vote and have it counted. And look, it's under assault. In state after state, new laws have been passed. Not only suppress the vote, we've been there before, but to subvert the entire election. Justice Breyer, Thank you for your service. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I mean, his pearls that he for to advance liberty and justice, we need to secure our border and fix the immigration system. Get rid of outdated rules and stop doctors and and the, that stop doctors from prescribing treatments. You're looking at a menu. And our troops in Iraq have faced in Afghanistan have faced many dangers. One being stationed at bases, breathing in toxic smoke from burn pits. He's excited about that. <laughs> Many of you have been there. I've been in and out of Iraq and Afghanistan over 40 times. Projects that led in DARPA to the internet, GPS and so much more to make our forces more safer and be able to wage war more with more clarity. So on this night, on our 245th year as a nation, I've come to report on the state of the nation, the state of the union. The state of the union is strong because you, the American people, are strong. We are stronger today. We are stronger today than we were a year ago. This is our moment to meet and overcome the challenges of our time. And we will, as one people, one America, the United States of America. God bless you all. May God protect our troops.
Thank you. Go get him. <laughs> get who? <laughs> Is he kidding? <laughs> He's kidding. Go get him. <laughs> that was awesome. That's great, G. Good job, but my oh, God, God help God. us. G, you need a week off after that <clears throat> one. Week, a month. I mean, watching <laughs> it like that, it, it, it's almost worse than I thought it was. I don't know that I caught how how bad some of the syntax and language was as, as I saw there. My God. And I think he was kind of referring, maybe he was having a flashback to a, to a previous job that he held as a uh, head coach of some team, maybe football or something, where he's like, you know, go get him. Maybe oh. that's what he was flashing back to. I don't know. We want him for the Gipper. Yeah. We add anything to this, G? You think I had time to do anything else today? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the go get him thing, I, I guess you can. Did he say M or uh, him? Go get him. He's, he, it sounded like he said go get him. Yeah, like, I mean, I, like who? I, he had a thought of, that I was going to. That didn't just come out. Do you believe that just came out? Yeah. I don't, yeah. Think they, I don't think they put that in the script. Well, no, I know it wasn't in the script, but he must have been. Well, I don't know. That's I just, thought it was just... suggested that it wasn't the script for the handlers to go get him off the podium. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't. It's just so strange. Like, play ball. Right. <laughs> Something. I don't know. Like he's a. Man, oh, man. to the hour live from studio 6b glad you're in on a wednesday night just a crazy town and it really was crazy <laughs> it really was crazy town man we'll get into a little we'll get into the we'll get into serious talk about the state of the union because i i'm i don't know i i don't think we can um tiptoe around the fact that this guy is just our enemies are not going to tiptoe around it. They look at that. If you're President Xi today, I want to ask that Henry. I could have done two hours with him. If you're President Xi, are you more likely to look at this and think, yeah, Taiwan's looking like, or are you less likely? I wonder what he would have thought. I wanted to ask him that. I'll ask the audience. Go get him. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's what he meant. Who knows? Who know, you know, well, let's do sports, and then we'll talk about this more in the second hour because I have lots of thoughts on and the way he's able to just get away with what he did last night because of our corrupt media. Because if that was President Trump, every syllable, every word, including go get him, he'd be getting us into World War Three and this and that. Look at this guy, so reckless. This guy, not a peep. Oh, yeah, look at him. Woohoo. So we'll talk about that. Let's do some sports, though. Rick Amorati's here at Slick Rick Sports. On social media, what's going on, pal? Give me a follow. I'll follow you back on Getter. Uh, Big D. Go get him. Slick Rick is rolling with the odds makers. I believe that's my sixth win in a row as the number 10 badges nip number eight Purdue for a share of the Big Ten title. Chucky Hepburn banked in a tie-breaking three-pointer. Rick and I were just talking about it with one and a half seconds left to give number 10 Wisconsin the 70-67 victory over number eight Purdue last night that clinched the badges a share of the Big Ten title. And Wisconsin now 24-5 and five has won five straight. They're kind of like Slick Rick and uh, now has at least a share 
share of its 20th Big Ten uh, uh, title. And uh, tonight, Big D, we got to do an odd. I know, yeah, Big D, I'm telling you, I'm on a roll. Sooner or later, I'm going to lose. And I have a feeling tonight's going to be a tough one. Um, we're going to do a 9 o'clock tip. Big D, we're going to do a G. Oh, he's going to make it look realistic now. <laughs> yeah. LSU at Arkansas. Give me the hogs. I'm going to lay five and a half at home for a G for $1,000, Big D. I'm taking Arkansas. I looked at Maryland uh, and Minnesota, but I wasn't feeling the Golden Gophers covering. I'm not crazy about the hogs covering, but uh, these games are so tight. But I'm going to lay the five and a half. I think they're going to win the hogs tonight. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you uh, talk to Paul at all today in any uh, shape or form? I don't talk to Paul. You know, Paul cost me $2,500 during the election. I haven't talked to him since about gambling. You're going to have to hand over your phone for the Durham investigation. (laughs) I just want you to know. Oh, no. Fair enough. Okay. All right. What else is going on? (laughs) Well, hey, let's get back to Rodeo Houston. Uh, we got a big rodeo going on right now. You know, you're looking at over a million seven in prizes. And this is from Houston, Texas, NRG Stadium. Big venue. And uh, this is all round two action. Super series one, and they're all $3,000 payouts, so don't have to be redundant. In the bareback, Clint Lay, 82 points on Booyah! I like that name. Steer Wrestling, Tana Brunner, 5 seconds. Team Roping, Andrew Ward and Buddy Hawkins, 5.2 seconds. Saddle Bronc, we had Leighton Green, and he did that in uh, about, let me see, Leighton Green, uh, good one, about 8.2 eight, seconds. And uh, we got the second part of the rodeo, Big D, tie down roping, Caleb Schmidt, 8.2 seconds as well. Uh, Donna Ray cool, Rule, 14.82 seconds on barrel racing. And last but not least, bull riding. We got good old Bubba Greg, 86 points on. White trash. That's the name of the bull, white <laughs> trash. So we got a million seven payout on that. And uh, we got time for one more, D. Yeah, of course. Okay. Kyrie Irving. Oh, boy. Here we go. Rick D put me wise to this story today. New York City Mayor Eric Adams. It would send the wrong message to allow Kyrie Irving to play at home. This is from Jordan Mendoza of USA Today. One day after announcing the New York City would soon be dropping its indoor vaccine mandate of COVID-19 cases uh, as they continue to drop, Mayor Eric Adams said on Monday, Brooklyn Nets guard Kyrie Irving, who isn't vaccinated, would not be able to play at home game at Barclays Center. Adams told CNBC he wants to see Irving play at home so badly, quote-unquote, but allowing him to do so would send the wrong message, quote-unquote, to others who work in the city who have to be vaccinated in order to work. Listen, I want Kyrie on the court. I would do anything to get that ring, Adam said, but there is uh, so much at stake here. Meanwhile, you have NBA players from visiting cities coming in unvaccinated. Where's the Blasio when you need him? Oh, it's just unbelievable. But uh, Adam, Adam's comments came that it was believed that uh, the week uh, lifting the vaccine mandate would allow Irving to play in Nets home games, which would be a major boost to Brooklyn's title hopes as the team currently sits in the eighth seat of the Eastern Conference. So it's actually hurting the team. They're paying the guy millions of dollars all over an absolutely archaic and ridiculous uh, vaccine uh, mandate, Big D. Really crazy. And you have visiting players, like I said, coming on the court. Where's the logic? Yeah. No, it's, so, it's it's so stupid that you can't even talk about it. That's how stupid it is. There is no lot. I mean, it's there's there's no logic. Eric Adams. Well, it, it takes it back to what Ed, Ed Henry was talking about. About you know now you look at those people that lost their jobs because of the vaccine mandate. Do they have any recourse now? And if they're going to enforce it against, say, a Kyrie Irving, but not everybody else, is he now being are are his rights being uh, trampled on? So does he have a case? 
You know, I, I don't know. Huh? I don't know. I, I have so many thoughts about all of this and the Republican Party as a whole. After watching what happened in Texas last night, I'm just baffled. Honestly, I'm just baffled by what people want. Uh, you look at the Republican Party right now, what's going on. Uh, did, you did not see, and, and I'm in no way diminishing or saying that Ukraine doesn't matter, because it does matter. It all matters. Taiwan matters. Ukraine matters. But the Republican Party, you have not seen senators and congressmen jumping up and down, running to the microphone, putting out press releases, social media, like they are about Ukraine, about their own constituents' lives had been destroyed for the last two years. Where was this passion for defending people's bodily autonomy? Where was all of this passion and and uh, uprising and and everything we're seeing from every single one of them about the people here who have been, I mean, you just haven't seen any of this fervor like you're seeing from all of them over this. And I'm not minimizing it. But my God, where, where was all of this, where was all this fight from the Republican Party for, for their own constituents, damn it, as their lives were being torn apart, as they were being forced vaccinated with, with, uh, by edicts from a guy who thinks he's running a monarchy here? Where were they, where, where was that? You could count on one hand and maybe not even the whole hand of the people who were fighting like hell to fight some of these, you know, tyrannical governors and, and Biden and the whole, I mean, you agree with that? Yeah. Uh, you can count uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. You can count uh, Rand Paul, who was always, it was always challenging uh, Mr. Science himself, Dr. Fauci. Because that's where the government was drawing its uh, its conclusions from. Well, he disappeared, huh? Yeah, he, he's kind of went. He kind of went. Whoo! He's like Kaiser Sose. He's gone. Yeah. Where was all of this? And by the way, one can be true, and the other. I mean, I'm not minimizing that we should be concerned. We should be. But where was that for the last two years? This, this, all this fight, all this built up, pent up anger, motivation to do. They didn't have a lot of motivation to do. That's why it stuns me about Abbott. He's been terrible on COVID. Awful. I guess people just don't think this whole, you know, <laughs> you see the Pfizer stuff that came out? Oh, yeah. Start. Man, I'll oh, tell yeah. you. I'd be very afraid of what the next years are going to bring. Of what we're going to find out and what we're going to start seeing. Well, according to, and, and you know, think of him uh, what you want, but I was watching something with Robert Kennedy Jr. today, and he's been a big, you know, you know fighting, fighting the, the, the big pharma machine, and he says the one reason they're going so hard after kids is because if they can get it approved for kids, they get that uh, liability protection, which is something I didn't know. Um, still wanted to look more into it, but it seemed like... He, he he seems to know what he's talking about when it comes to that stuff, especially with the with the liability protections for the big pharma companies. Because if they can they can achieve that, I guess it gives them extra protection. I don't know, but it's it's scary. Yeah, there was something out today. I thought I put it on my Twitter. I'm looking for it. There was an article about this about kids. It's negative efficacy in kids at this point. I mean, it's yeah. crazy. All right, we'll talk about that when we get back. News, sports, lots to do in hour two. Glad you're in live from Studio Six B. 
Oh god, I, I just love that. Is, is that the new is that the new official open forever now? That is. That's going to be the open for a long time. Fran hit me with that out of the blue today. Oh man, just I can't get any better than that. That is just fire, absolute fire. So we'll be running that for a while, Fran. That's like just a fantastic job. Fran and Gio are about as I, I mean I don't yep. know. You just can't find any better. Nope. I, ju- I just can't tell you. You just can't find any better. Great. And um, the compliments about last night, the you know, and you, and you guys don't. Well, I mean, I'm no Harry Oates or anything. Well, well, hey, that's a whole wow. other level. Yeah. Well, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the audience doesn't uh, obviously get to see all the behind the scenes. Although I'm going to try to do some more streaming on Getter pre-show to see some behind the scenes. But the work that these guys did last night, and Wendell, by the way, uh, Wendell who is the kind of oversee now for Rav is going to oversee all technical. Uh, is that right, G? Is that what you would say? You're overseeing all technical um, infrastructure? Not, I think, I guess at least where he is in, uh, in Denver. Yeah. Well, he's fantastic too. My God, working with him was a joy yesterday. And uh, these guys, what they did to put together the state of the union, you know, John Solomon and I and David Oliver get to be on screen and have fun, but man, the guys behind the scenes, what they did last night was just phenomenal. I mean, that is no easy task, jumping between all of us and, 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 and the different feeds coming in from the State of the Union and, and the translator for Biden to put it into English. I mean, it was just crazy. I'm kidding about that. Um, but no, they did a, just an unbelievable job, all of them. We got, I mean, I got so, so many messages today about last night. And John and David were just fantastic. So were you. And I tried to keep up. So were you. That was fun. It was good. It was fun. So, but listen, I'm no John Solomon or any of these. I mean, these guys have every fact at the tip of their tongue for everything. It's fan. I mean, just amazing. Um. So, all right. Glad you're in on a Wednesday. We still got more to do. We'll talk more about the State of the Union. I don't know if I can take any more clips of it, but uh, we don't need to. You all. I mean, we we know what the State of the Union sucks. We all know what the State of the Union is. Now go get them. <laughs> play ball <laughs> so let's do some other news and hear what that uh well let me get your th- you know last night we weren't ex- kind of flying by the seat of our pants right. a little bit and i thought maybe we would all watch it while we were all together but it didn't Go work out that him. way <laughs> yeah. so what were your thoughts rick on the state of the union um about what i imagined it would be a lot of deflection of things here that were really needing to be addressed uh, just sugarcoating a lot of, you know, uh, what do you call it? Bumper stickers, you know, yeah. phrases you might hear. You know, we're, we're going to build back better. Uh, you know, uh, no, you're not building back better. You're building back worse. You're destroying the country. Your, your policies have, have negative impacts across the board. No acknowledgement of anything that has gone wrong. Um, it's, it's like a whitewash. It's like, no, it's like, don't, don't look over here. Look over there. Shiny. Over there is really nice and shiny. Shiny, um, yeah. Right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Shiny objects. It was the state of the Ukraine uh, for the first 15 minutes. I didn't even know if we were ever going to get to here. We did, yeah. obviously. And, and, of course, if, you, if you're uranium, uh, whoever those people are, um, they, they need to be worried. I guess something's going on with Urania. I, I don't know what the hell he was talking about there. He can't even get the name of the country right. Well, I'll tell you, the Iranians that he said are not worried. They're laughing. They're jumping up and down going, hey, we're going to have an intercontinental ballistic missile with a nuclear warhead on it pretty soon, thanks to this guy. Either that or, he's, or they're sitting there going, are we getting invaded by Russia next? What's going on? 
I mean, and then, of course, you've got the clown show going on behind him. And just, you know, it's just, it's very disappointing um, to see the anointed class up there congratulating themselves. It's almost like watching the Oscars. You know, you have all these people just, hey, we're just congratulating ourselves. We're awesome. uh, And we know it. And we're rich, and we know it. And boy, everything everything for us is going great. Sucks for you guys, though. But for us, whew, things are going A-OK. Not a mm-hmm. word about China. The word China never was spoken. Xi Jinping, I think he said once, China was never spoken of about unleashing this on the world. Nothing. Nope. Not a word about our military. And I know everyone's up in arms about Lauren Boebert saying 13... Um, 13, 13 of them, or whatever she yeah. said there. As he once again, once again, politically uses his son's death, which no parent wants to lose a kid. I don't deny the, the heartache and tragedy of that at all for one second. But his use of him over the years to make political points is reprehensible. And he does it all the time. Well, that's because he's reprehensible. And, um, not, so, for Lauren, I don't see what, you know, it, it was his administration and his planning and his debacle that caused those 13 young men and women to die. And for him to be the commander-in-chief in the next State of the Union and not have a word about them, not a moment of silence, yeah. not a word, no one there. No acknowledgement. Acknowledgement, nothing. Oh, we're worried. Oh, she said 13. Oh, really? Give me a break. Give me a break. Not a word about our military, except for the end when he says that God protect our troops, which because he won't say, you know, he, uh, his, his, the clothes he uses for everything is just. And we're told by Jen Psaki today, as she's asked about it, Oh, he didn't have time. I, is, there, is there a time restriction on the State of the Union? I know there's a time restriction on him getting to bed before whatever they pumped him with totally runs out. The pharmacy they gave him runs out. But um, there's no time restriction as far as I know. No. Well, you make time for the things that matter to you. But according, well, we all know how he feels about the military. You dumb bastards, I believe, was uh, one of those things he said about them. Uh, because they didn't clap when he, he thought he made a funny. But uh, well, we he's, always had a content- he's always had a contentious relationship. People have talked about it for years. They don't know why, but it's probably political. Of course, it's, uh, let's face it, it's Joe Biden. Everything is political. Everything, including his dead son. Oh, it's just so reprehensible, Bo, Bo. He, he never, wh- why does he not give Hunter the same amount of time? I wonder. I wonder. It just shows you that it's political. It's all politics. It's not family. Yeah. It's not, it's not the... You know, this warm, fuzzy feeling that he has to talk about he's proud and proud of his kids and his family and he wants to he's using it. It's really disgusting. It's it's just disgusting to me. And he does it all the time. What about you, Rick? 
Yeah, well, just real quick, Big D, jump in here. Uh, I call it the Triple D night, delusional democratic disaster, nothing but platitudes, flanked by the two Missy attitudes behind them. <laughs> you had Nancy Pollard and Pelosi, and also Kakala. And Kakala, her disdain looking at uh, from the back of uh, President Biden, just the way she looked at him, you can see there is no love lost there. And, uh, you know, he didn't give the country any kind of confidence. Nobody walked away saying, hey, this disaster is going to get solved. I feel more confident about the economy, which he really lost over very little number spoken about it barely touched on what's going on in russia a little bit of a big deal over there in the ukraine and uh i just was very disappointed the best part of the whole show my wife said did you listen to you know on the show i said actually driving home i heard big d david oliver and of course the great john solomon and they were just fire big d was nailing it right out of the park big d you don't give yourself enough credit i thought it was fabulous what you did and you guys were absolutely great and you you summed up the disaster that it was it was an absolute democratic delusional disaster He's buttering you up before he takes more. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. He's taking more of your money. Hey, you know no, what? You know what I stuff. thought was great though, because he did. I give him credit for one thing. He proved that he is a capitalist when he he broke down how to run a business so easily to make it easier on everyone, and that is you lower your costs but not your wages. I thought that was awesome. I mean, it's so nonsensical. The whole discussion about all of this stuff, the whole, this whole more jobs. We paid people to stay home. You disincentivize them to stay there, not to come back. All of a sudden now, oh, look at all these jobs we created. Then he claims they've created more jobs. You didn't create anything. You didn't create anything but probably 15% inflation. That's really what we're probably dealing with. And I, hear, I continue to hear a lot of talk on all these different places about inflation. And as I've said all along, and I will stick to my guns, I hope I can come on here and say, boy, I was wrong. And, it's a, and I'm glad I was wrong because it means it's coming down. I, I just don't see it. I listened to the Federal Reserve. I listened to Jay Powell today. I listened to him today. I, I just don't see it. I don't see the will there to do the, Well, it's not even the will. They don't have the tools to be able to get inflation under control. We have $30 trillion in national debt. And Biden's telling us he's going to reduce the deficit. And he says it with a straight face. And he gets no pushback. He says, don't use corona as a, as a, as, as a wedge between us. This is the guy who, and he gets no pushback. <laughs> He tells us that he created more jobs, and he gets no pushback today. From anywhere that I saw in any media, Saki gets no pushback. It's just because the media is so corrupt, they can just be so arrogant. And it's like we don't have footage. I rallied the world. That's funny, because I remember on here doing a story, the Washington Post says that you were running to President G to try to get help, and he ended up taking your intel and going to him about it. You didn't rally anybody. You still haven't rallied anybody. Every major, um, not concession, but every sanction we've seen is sprung from some other entity. These places pulling out of there, sanctions from Switzerland, Germany has stepped up. What have we done? Does anybody know what we've done that has, that, that has in somehow, we all know what we could do. We all know that we hold the ultimate control to end this in, in two ways. Giving them what they need as far as weapons and whatever else we can give them 
But most importantly, what we know is we could drop the price of now $111 a barrel oil if we wanted to in no time. In no time. But that is never going to happen. He'd rather buy, as he did today, another 600,000 barrels of oil from Russia. Today. And tomorrow. And the next day. And this gimmick about releasing oil from the strategic um, reserve, which he's used now twice as a gimmick, and it is a gimmick. Nothing. It's, it's two days worth. And Trump, President Trump, by the way, is responsible for those reserves. If you remember when oil was $30 a barrel. Remember he said, I'm filling up everything. <laughs> yeah. I remember when it was $0 a barrel. They, they just didn't know where to store it anymore. <laughs> yep. And he uses this as some kind of a trick ploy, like, oh, State of the Union. Now let me tell him what I'm doing. Two days, three days worth. What is that going to do? We know what you need to do, but the will's not there because your ideology becomes before everything. The climate, the Green New Deal, this whole farce, this whole degrowth movement comes before anything. Even taking down an enemy of ours in this situation that they're probably ripe to be taken down right now if we were to do that, given how this has gone. We're probably in a position, I'm, I mean, I'm, what do I know about this? Nothing. History will look back on it someday. Who knows? We're probably in a position to really strike a, a nice blow to Russia if we were to do that, drop oil back to, and just defund their military. Their military's already having problems. I mean, who knows? I may be totally wrong about that, but... It's just the will's not, the leadership in the will's not there. Because the ideology comes first above everything, including the country. All right, 17 past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday night. Great show so far. The great Ed Henry joined us in the first hour. John Fredericks was going to join us, but he was traveling today, and he had some uh, hiccups, couldn't join us. He'll join us tomorrow night. And uh, he was going to join us tonight to announce that this, um, this television show, live from Studio 6B, expands onto radio tomorrow. Get out. Nice. In, um, with the John Fredericks Radio Network, he's announcing tonight a new uh, bunch of stations. Uh, WVCH AM 740 and 103.3 FM in Chester, Malvern, Pennsylvania, all the way up to East Coast, Pennsylvania, Delaware, New Jersey. You'll be able to hear this show now, 8 to 9, first hour only. But you'll hear the 8 to 9 hour live from Studio 6B. So wow. that's exciting. That'll be fun. That'll be Driving tomorrow night. in your car. Yeah. And John Fredericks will be on to talk about that and everything else going on in uh, the State of the Union. Speaking of that, tomorrow night. So he'll join us in the 8 o'clock hour, and we'll be live, by the way, that hour. So he'll join us for the kickoff. Um, so that'll be exciting. All right, let's do some news. Here, news is brought to you by our friends at 7cells.com. Use our code LFS6B for 10% off at checkout. Uh, Rick Delgado, what's going on? All right, well, it seems uh, as things you were talking about, Texas, well, Trump-endorsed candidates are on fire in Texas. Every candidate endorsed by the former president, Donald Trump, in Texas's uh, Republican primaries have either won or are substantially leading their races. And this was as of 11 p.m. last night, basically solidifying Trump's kingmaker status. 
In the first primaries of 2022, the 45th president gave a stamp of approval, a much-coveted prize among Republican hopefuls, as uh, Texas uh, current Texas's current governor found out, um, to 33 candidates. Polling out of Texas had already shown that GOP voters are more likely to support candidates who have passed Trump's muster. So that's a, that's a good sign yep. as we head towards the midterms. Yep. And again, that, that was one of the big things coming out of this was people wondering how how you know strong his brand was going to be a couple of years out and it seems like it's just getting stronger absolutely especially after his cpac speech was absolutely fantastic his cpac speech was absolutely fantastic was uh desantis was fantastic you know what the two of them and i'm not trying to you know i know there's all the talk about the two of them but let's just stick with president trump there's not many people that talk when they speak. You can, you, you just, he articulates where the country's at. He articulates his vision for the country, his love of the country, his respect for the founders of the country, our founding documents of the country. I mean, he's, he could talk about anything. You know, people, I mean, you, you know, the corrupt media, they're just so, they just focus on the, just the most trivial Terrible. nonsense, of course. But he, I mean, he, you know, he can go in and out of any subject matter, anything. I mean, he continues to just be just a fantastic believer in this, in this, the greatest place on earth and, and why it is that and why it should be that and will be that again. Once we get through this disaster of the four <laughs> years of someone who doesn't believe any of that, doesn't believe any of that. Yeah. He believes in us, the individual. He believes in our founding documents. He believes in the order of natural law, the individual, and then the government there to serve the people. Who we have now believes in government, 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 government. Everything happens at the altar of government. And that's the difference in when they talk, when they speak, when they speak about the country. That's why what you heard last night, this is this. What did you hear? In the end, I think David Oliver, someone asked me in the pre-show what I expected to hear. I expected to hear what we always hear. Expand, expand, free, free, more, reimagine, rethink, mm-hmm. re-this, re-that. We don't want to rethink the country. We don't want to reimagine the country. So that's the difference. So Yeah. And one of those big differences, too, is the way people receive it. When President Trump speaks, he's speaking to the people. You know, the, 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 the um, resident that you heard last night, he's basically just, you know, he's talking at you. He, he's reading something that maybe he's read over a couple times if he had the time or if he didn't doze off to sleep. Um, that's go all he's doing. Go get him. Yeah, go get him. So I think that's another big part of it is that people, he connects with people. And that's one of the things that makes him, you know, such a great executive too. Because, you know, he's, he's, why is he still on top of everything because he's got people around him that he trusts to read him in on certain things like, hey, what's going on there? You're in charge of this. You're in charge of that. And then he brings it all in and he delivers it. And that's what they're supposed to do. Anyhow, one uh, Texas representative that didn't do so well is Texas Republican Representative Van Taylor, who on Wednesday announced he will no longer be seeking re-election after he admitted to an affair. (laughs) Why is that? (laughs) (laughs) He admitted to an affair with a former so-called ISIS bride. 
Yeah, about a year ago, he says, I made a horrible mistake that caused deep hurt, blah, 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 he admitted in an email to the Dallas Morning News. Taylor, married with three children, came out ahead of the Texas March 1st primary at 48.7, but did win a majority of the votes. Uh, The affair, which was first covered um, by Breitbart, reportedly had Tanya Joya, whose first husband uh, grew up in Texas, converted to Islam and brought her and her kids to Syria to join the Islamic State. Uh, He ended up having an affair with her. He says, I know it was wrong. It was the greatest failure of my life. I want to apologize for the pain, and I have caused all this indiscretion, most of all to my wife and three daughters. Um, The Eric Swalwell School of Dating. Yeah, pretty much. So (laughs) (laughs) he's pretty much going to stand down. Bang, bang with the bang, bang. Yeah. (laughs) Over in Georgia, the Georgia elections chief vows to follow the money in the ballot harvesting probe and prosecutive warranted Georgia's election chief is vowing a full-scale investigation into allegations that Democrats, what a surprise, may have illegal harvested ballots in the 2020 election, saying his team is preparing subpoenas to follow the money. I don't know if you've caught any of this. They've got a lot of this on videotape, um, and they've got some people, I guess, that they've picked up and are starting to talk and unravel what was going on. Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, who has always sought to get to the bottom of it, uh, explained to Just the News that the only delays are related to administrative changes on the state elections boards. He says, right now we're waiting for the state election board to pick a new chair so that we can ask for a subpoena. He told Just the News on their show Tuesday night, Real America's Voice. Uh, Raffensperger says his investigative team wants to use the subpoenas to secure the identity of a John Doe whistleblower who told the election watchdog group through the vote last year that he was paid thousands to collect third-party ballots during Georgia's November 2020 general election and the January 5th, 2021 runoff that gave Democrats control of the U.S. Senate. So... We'll see what happens there. You know, Raffensperger's involved. We'll see if he tries to gum up the works, as they say, to kind of cover his butt. Yeah. Well, the the former president talked about this at CPAC, too, and he did say you'll start to see some things coming out. Um, and, I, I, you know, he made a good point of saying if we don't find out, because, you know, I've been, not that I've been dismissive of going backwards, but I do feel more strongly about Although there was some Dominion stuff that came out today that I haven't had a chance to dig into that does not look good. Um, I, I have felt stronger about the fact that the state legislatures are really, we got to get it together there. That, to me, is where the, the fraud really started and really was and lo- what led to all the other stuff. But the, but the president, I thought, made a good point when he said, he said, if we don't go back and find out, we're never going to be able to go forward. And, I, and then that's probably right. And we, and we probably, it is right. Yeah. So we, you know, as this stuff continues to come out and trickle out, we'll, uh, we'll see. Yeah. And a lot of that stuff is starting to come out, uh, in Wisconsin where, uh, Zuckerberg's, uh, you know, his foundation, they were focusing on the nursing homes in five Wisconsin cities that had, wow, an amazing hundred percent voter turnout. Yeah. Um, amazing. Yeah. And now they're being, you know, the people are being investigated for their, uh, abusing of these disabled seniors hired Cuomo to be the president of that chapter probably how to abuse seniors he's all he's all in on that so so. all right sports coming up we'll do some more uh, state of the union talk live from studio 6b on a Wednesday night glad you're in
let's talk about high priorities when it comes to inflation. The new CBS poll found 70% yeah. of Americans disapprove of the administration's handling of inflation. What do you say to those people who say gas prices are just too high, I can't get peanut butter, everything costs more? What are you going to do? Listen, people are struggling, especially working people, in terms of the, the price of gas and food. And, and the, the reasons include what we need to do to address what happened through, through the pandemic in terms of supply chain issues, um, which was a reduction of the availability of goods, and so the prices went up. We also need to deal with one of the biggest issues, which is the cost of living. It's too expensive for working families. Please, President Biden, stay healthy. Good Lord. Well, she's right about that. Families are struggling. And why? Because inflation is high. They're watching their savings go uh, out the window, go into the grocery store. Dollar doesn't go as far. As we continue to print money, print money, M2 money supply, woo, up and to the right only. And of course, that uh, they want to spend more. Expand, expand, expand. So you got to consider your financial alternatives. If the money becomes worthless, continually printing $30 trillion in national debt, how do you protect your hard-earned savings? Well, one of the options to consider is physical gold and silver, and the folks to talk to there are our friends at Birch Gold Group. Birch Gold are experts in precious metals. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of satisfied customers. Most importantly, they'll give you options to sue, uh, to, for your savings. You can buy gold coins. You convert an existing IRA into a gold IRA. You can even convert an eligible 401k account to a gold IRA account. So here's what you do. Take out your mobile device right now. Text the word America. Send it to 989898. You'll get a free information kit from Birch Gold with absolutely no obligation. They'll show you how to protect your gold and silver investments in a tax-sheltered account. That's important. So get the facts, get started today. Text the word America, type it out, America, send it to 989898 and get your free information kit with absolutely no obligation from our friends at Birch Gold Group. They've made it super easy. Just text America to 989898. You'll get your free information kit. Find out now how owning gold and silver could help protect your savings. 32 past the hour, live from Studio 6B. Let's do some sports and hear what that is. Slick Rick at Slick Rick Sports on social media, which I believe now includes Truth Social. Are you on Truth Social now? I'm trying to get on. I haven't been able to get on. I'd like okay. to get on. Can uh, you get me on, Big D? Rick's on. Yeah? I'm on. I tried to sign on last night. Okay. Do you do you see what I mean, though, when I say it's slick? Yeah. Yeah, Not, I love and it. It's, it's going to be slicker with Slick Rick on it. But. And classy. I like that, too. It's, cla- it's 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 all Trump all the time yeah. is what it is. It just looks good in your hand. First rate. Font they use, colors they use, the way it, it's just slick. I don't know how else to say it. It's I slick. Get yeah, on. and the logo's awesome. Yeah, it's it's cool. Do you see the story they put about the, the verified check mark, how they came up with it with the little, the TS logo, you turned it sideways, it looked like a check. That was pretty cool. So, all right, what's going on in sports, Slick Rick? All right, well, disturbing story. Stanford soccer star dies. Stanford's oh. woman soccer Captain Katie Maya dies at the age of 22. 22. Man. God almighty. Yeah, this is from Chalina Goldman of Yardbarker. Uh, Katie Maya, captain and goalkeeper for the Stanford women's soccer team, passed away. The school announced Wednesday she was 22 years old. Uh, Maya, a senior studying international relations and history, was a member of Stanford's championship team in 2019. According to statements from Vice. 
Vice Provost of uh, Student Affairs, Susie Brubaker-Cole. Maya died at an on-campus residence. The cause of death has not been released to the public. And uh, I'll keep an eye on this story, Big D, and see if there's any follow-up on this. But what a shame, 22 years old and really a fantastic goalkeeper. Incredible cha- national champion. Man, I hope there was no foul play. Hopefully not. Because, I mean, Hopefully that's going to send shockwaves through, you know, what was she found in a dorm, right? Yeah, on campus. Somewhere on campus, either in yeah, a dorm. Yeah, I, ho- or... I hope we find out because, well, family has to deal with it first. But l- oh, let's, yeah. let's hope we find out because, man, that's a, that is obvious, obviously, duh, something's yep. up there. And here's a timely story, Big D. Ukraine's Alina Svitolina tops Russia's Anastasia Potapova in the Monterey Open, ESPN News Services, Mexico City. You talk about timing. Alina Svitolina put on the yellow and blue colors of Ukraine and beat Anastasia uh, Potapova of Russia 6-2-6-1 on Tuesday in the opening round of the Monterey Open, uh, deciding she could do more for her country by playing than boycotting the match. Uh, Top seeded Svitolina earlier said she couldn't play against Potapova in Mexico or against any Russian or Belarusian opponent until the International Tennis Federation and the men's and women's tennis stores barred competitors from those countries using any national symbols, flags, or anthems. Uh, The tennis governing bodies issued a statement Tuesday confirming that Russian and Belarusian players will still be allowed to play at the top level, but without national flags. Today, it was uh, was a very special match for me, the 27-year-old Svitolina said. I'm very sad. I'm in a very sad mood, but I'm happy that I'm playing tennis here. I was focused. I was on a mission for my country from the beginning it was important to be ready for anything that comes my way all the prize money that i'm going to earn is going to be for the ukrainian army said svitolina who uh won the tournament in 2020 the monterey open has a thirty-one thousand dollar in prize money for the champion so not a lot of money but it is a nice gesture from the tennis pro uh so that's uh, that's something else and just one more big d uh, Tiger Woods wins PGA Tour's inaugural Player Impact Program, otherwise known as a, a PIP, that's another acronym, which measures popularity. This is from Mark Schalbach, ESPN senior writer. Tiger Woods, who hasn't played in a PGA Tour event for more than a year while recovering from injuries, suffered in a car wreck, won the Tour's inaugural Player Impact uh, Program bonus. The program measures a player's popularity based on a set of criteria. Woods, a 15-time major champion, collected the $8 million top prize, the tour announced. Wednesday, Phil Mickelson, who seemed to indicate in December that he had finished first in the PIP race, was second and will receive $6 million. And Tiger Woods took a little jab at old lefty. Uh, he, he sent out a, uh, a tweet earlier that said, whoops. And underneath it, he, he has copied Phil Mickelson's tweet that said, I'd like to thank all the crazies and real supporters for helping me win the PIP. To get the second half of the money, I have to add an event I haven't played in a while. See you in Kapalua. And P.S. I'll try to find another hot, controversial topic soon. So it's funny. So Tiger Woods had a little jab at old lefty saying, hey, I think you let the horse out of the barn too soon because... I'm the winner of the big bucks. And uh, Damon's favorite, Rory McIlroy and uh, Jordan Spieth and Bryson DeChambeau, along with Justin Thomas, we should be paid $3.5 million. Chump change, big D. Anyway, yeah. that's a wrap in sports. And uh, congratulations to Tigers, even though he only played that one with Charlie this year. That's all he played. Yeah, well, let's hope he gets back. Yes. I mean, the, the game is not the same without Tiger. Even if, even now at pushing uh, whatever he's whatever 40 uh Whatever he is. 42 now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Thanks, Rick. Uh, We'll do some more news for Rick Delgado. We'll get into some more things. You know, the thing I we were talking about, um, the Republican Party finding its gusto here on Ukraine, which is fine. It matters. It's important. But where were they the last two years? 
The other, the other thing that I am, I'm going to continue to hammer on this show and implore, and I know this audience doesn't need it, but we need to keep spreading the word. These people cannot be let off the hook as they try to take their exit ramp here on, um, on COVID-19 and everything they've done. And some of them, by the way, won't even look to take the exit ramp. If you could throw up my screen, G, just remember this. Even though the mask thing is, uh, is gone, Dana Nessel asked High Court to reverse ruling overturning Whitmer's emergency powers. They want it back. They are never going to let this go. They may for a little bit because it's politically correct and, and, and politically that's the game they play. Because again, the Democrats play for keeps, Republicans play for who knows what. So it's all a game. They don't care about you. This is all a political game. Now, they're so nuts in Michigan that she's already asking. Because if there comes a time in the future that they want to lay the hammer down to you one more time, they want to be able to do it. So these people, they can never be forgiven. And every single one of them, when they're on the ballot, has to go. But, uh, you know, this is what concerns me. You look at what happened in... And by the way, when I talk about Texas, I'm not at all talking against the former president's endorsement. He wanted to endorse him, and obviously it worked out, and that's fine. But as bad as he was on COVID, I mean, maybe people don't see that as the, as this, as the, um, you know, the thing of our time, these mandates and these shots. But I, I think a lot of people do. But, and, I, and I would have thought in, in a state like Texas, that would have been on the forefront of everyone's mind, how he governed through that. But obviously that wasn't the case. Enough people saw through it or got was it or, or my bigger fear is that they, not that they not at the time that they weren't um PO'd about it, but they were willing to forgive too quick. They were willing to forgive too quick because it's now slightly starting to be put in the back rearview mirror. And that's what can't happen. That cannot happen. And again, I think it's I think it could be something where his policy started to change, you know, and he evolved on it. Who knows? Maybe he truly did evolve on it because he saw, you know what, this isn't really working. Um, or maybe it's all political. And he saw where this was headed and decided to get out in front. You don't know. But whatever he did, it worked because, like you said, he carried 67%. Play, um, play cut 24G. Just tell me, just tell me one other person with an R next to their name. Just tell me one other person with an R next to their name who would have done this. Roll it. You do not have to wear those masks. I mean, please take them off. <laughs> Honestly, it's not doing anything, and we got to stop with this COVID theater. So if you want to wear it, fine, but this is, a, this is ridiculous. All right. Well, it's good to be at USF. This is, uh, yeah. I mean, there that's what separates them from everybody else. Just that alone, that 30 seconds. Good for him. Because most of the other ones would waltz up there. It's all about them. They, they don't, wouldn't even look at the kids. Certainly wouldn't tell them that. I shared a study today, by the way. I, and, I, and as I said, from the office of duh. Again, as things become truth now that we were on months ago, this is, uh, was in the Daily Mail. So what's the point? Cloth masks allow 90% of particles to filter through giving them little ability to prevent COVID transmission, new study finds. I mean, really? You, we, didn't, we didn't think the thing with the two holes on the side here that you could clearly see right <laughs> in, that wasn't stopping something that's so small you couldn't, you know, it's the old 
stop stopping a mosquito with a chain link fence. We we've all been there. We all know this. That's why this whole oh the mass. Well, some of us have been massless the whole time, or or, or when we can, all the time. Basically, me. Yeah. The only time than, I would wear it is hey, you got to go into a certain store. Yeah. And they're going to bust your hump about it? You put yeah. it on. All right. You know yep. what? I'm going to shop in your store. I need a few things. I'm not staying for long. And believe me, as soon as I pull my debit card out of there, the mask comes down. It's already paid for. What are you going to do? Have me return the items I just purchased? I didn't think so. And then I'm walking out the door maskless. And people might be like, oh, well, that's kind of a, you know. But, but you know what? Look at virus. How do, how do the people that work with viruses all the time dress? Do they wear a little paper mask across their face? No. They're hermetically sealed into a suit and they have to be washed down and checked and all this stuff. And they go through layers of protection to make sure that the virus doesn't get them. And if it was so dangerous, where were all the biohazard bags so we could put our dirty masks into them? I didn't see any of those out there. No, we all knew it was garbage. Fauci told the truth up front and then he got busted later for it. All right, uh, we'll do so, a little more sports if we have any. We'll do a little more news. We'll wrap it up. If we have time, I'll show you a little bit of Chip Roy today. Very good. Uh, live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday. Glad you've been with us. to the hour live from Studio 6B. Let's do a little more sports, then we'll do some more news. What's going on, Slick Rick? Okay, Big D. Well, early update on the odds makers game tonight. Right now, the Arkansas Razorbacks, the Hogs, they're winning 29-24 over LSU with about five and a half minutes to go in the first half. I'm looking to pick up that one, but I need five and a half points to cover. So I got to basically win by six and uh, at least we won't have a push tonight. So, uh-oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bull Durham. Remember, you're being watched. That's Bull Durham. <laughs> anyway, major, speaking of Bull Durham, Major League Baseball delay. No deal. What we know and don't know as Major League delays opening day. ESPN reported on this last night. Um, again, they, the, the, the talks have really gone nowhere. Obviously, there are several macro reasons uh, this hasn't gotten done. This is from ESPN. Uh, the players' deep-seated mistrust of ownership. Something new, right? A desire to make significant gains on collective bargain agreement that has gained that was gained by savvy front offices, a nationwide penchant by corporate billionaires to max, maximize profits, no matter the blowback. But he, here is a micro one: at the onset of negotiation, negotiations, owners expressed the willingness to re- reallocate the money that goes to players, but not to increase it. In other words, the pie could change, but not grow any larger. So you know, the play it's typical. Players want a little bit more money, and you know, the owners are dealing with post-COVID attendance was down a little bit last year. So so I noticed some give and take as there is with any 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 negotiation, obviously, but I don't know, Big D. They just canceled like six games already, two two series, and I don't think you're going to see baseball until June. I honestly well, I read an article today. Well, I was going to talk. John Fredericks wanted to talk a little bit about this, so I was kind of brushing up on some of what was going on. And basically, uh, I forget where I read this article, but it was basically saying, listen, both sides have not been cognizant of the economic changes in the country the last two seasons. And then the COVID-shortened 2020 season 
was really the straw that broke the camel's back and that this has been brewing now for, for 10 years. Terrible, terrible. So I don't And, of know. course, the fans are the ones that get shafted. Exactly, exactly. You're going to miss opening day. Opening day is a tradition for so many people. Yankee Stadium, some of the, you know, some of the other places in, in, in the country, just great games. Uh, and here's another story, Big D, MMA. This is Cain uh, Velasquez charged with attempted murder after trying to shoot alleged child molester. This is from Chilena Goldman of Yard Barker, former UFC fighter. Cain Velasquez has been formally charged with the attempted premeditated murder. Multiple sources reported earlier today the former heavyweight champion uh, was attempting to shoot an alleged child molester when he struck someone else, court documents revealed on Wednesday via ABC7 News in San Francisco. We know how crazy California is to begin with, so Velasquez, 39, was arrested in San Jose on Monday after shooting into a car and striking a passenger. That person is expected to survive. The intended, ta- intended target, 43-year-old Harry Goularte, is facing felony charges for reportedly molesting a child relative of Velasquez. Oh. Uh, yeah, not good. So according to ABC's report, Galarte was arraigned in Santa Clara County Superior Court on February 29th and released under the conditions he stays on house arrest in nearby Morgan Hill. Galarte was reportedly en route to get a monitoring bracelet as part of his release conditions when Velasquez followed him and shot into the car. Updated info is Velasquez was targeting a man who has been charged with molesting, but however, he hit the man's stepfather instead. So he, he, he didn't get the right guy, but uh, you know, a lot to be said about this story from all angles, but uh, yeah, you got a major your heavyweight champion God, heavyweight that's a champion. tragic story what a story you feel for the guy and you know, the, the family terrible. yeah but to go out i mean man i don't know that's tough he, he was you know he was upset you know yeah. it's, it's a rage and you know i mean anybody that's An been uncontrollable in rage that you can't step away from and let the law handle it Especially Clearly. in California, Big D. What faith do you have that they're going to handle it right the way things are with bail reform and all the other nonsense? Let's really talk about that. That's a right? good point. You could probably saw, saw this guy will be back out doing it to someone else's kid yeah. in, in about a week. Well, 100%. yeah. I mean, is a bracelet really going to stop you? <laughs> terrible. Boy, that's a terrible story. I know. He was a good fighter, I'm, su- too. I'm surprised he didn't when I just... first, I'm sorry, Rick. When I'm, I first I... heard it, I was wondering, was he, did he try to shoot the guy? In the, was the guy in the act of molesting the kid in front of him? Like, I didn't know any of the details. I was like, what is going on here? No, that wasn't the case. He was Oof. on his way to get a bracelet, but unfortunately, he hit the stepfather. It must have just been a bad shot, or you know, maybe he couldn't get a good look. Who knows? Yeah, but, I'm just uh, surprised he didn't use his his fists, his hands. Yeah, you know, that would have been think better. Somebody who's a fighter would be like, I'm just going to tear this guy apart. Yeah, he just probably wanted to take him out. He was probably so upset, and he knew there'd be repercussions. Obviously, he'd be doing time for murder. You know, attempted uh, murder. Yeah, attempted murder. Terrible. Right. All right, anything else, Rick? That's a rapid sports, Big D, and uh, we'll keep an eye on that odds maker. We'll talk tomorrow night. No, oh, I'm sure we will. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure we will. Go Hogs! I'll be doing some investigative work during the day. Maybe you won't be aware of it. Okay, Big D. Who knew I'd be better at basketball than football? <laughs> Clearly not you. All right, here's uh, let's you got more. News. Let's do some more news. Yeah, I got Rick a couple, of, and here's kind of a weird one, but it, it's coming from just the news, so there's probably a lot of validity to it. Senior Chinese officials reportedly told senior Russian officials last month to hold off on invading Ukraine until after the Beijing Winter Olympics. Well, we heard this reported, right, and all this lead up. You tried to figure out what was going on. We kept hearing, oh, the Olympics ends on this, and it's going to happen right after that. I mean, remember all the buildup to, to, to what day it was going to be? We kept hearing, oh, yeah. even the president of Zelensky was going, oh, we're here. It's Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, we're here. It's Thursday. They're coming. It's Russian Invasion Day. 
Yeah. Well, the information based on Western intelligence reports that indicated senior Chinese officials had some degree of knowledge about Russia's intentions to go to war with the Ukraine, according to the New York Times. Russian leader Vladimir Putin and China's President Xi uh, met just prior to the official start of the Olympics on February 4th, and shortly after a lengthy statement was released uh, declaring that the breadth of the country's partnerships had no limits and denouncing any further expansion of NATO. There had been speculation within the news media that the invasion would come after the international games in Beijing. So this adds another wrinkle and uh, surprise because, you know, Joe has such a great relationship with Xi Jinping. He spent the most time with him that anybody else ever in the world ever has. Yeah, and yeah. trust me, Xi Jinping sees him for exactly for what he is. Exactly for what he is. He knows he's a fool and he can play him like a fool, which is why when he went to him with that, that information went right to Moscow. Yeah. That's exactly what he sees. He's no dummy. And he's got to be looking at this going, hmm, I don't know. Maybe Taiwan, maybe they, wouldn't, maybe they won't come. It's not a NATO country. Maybe it'll be a little easier than I think. He's certainly not thinking going, oh, man, look at this guy. Look at the leadership from Biden. I better rethink my... Uh... Yeah, he's not shaking <laughs> in his boots. No. Yeah, no, he's not shaking in his boots. None of them are. Not the Iranians, not the Russians, not the Chinese. None of them. What would they be shaking for? Guy can't even complete a sentence. Oh, no, don't talk about it, Damon. Don't talk about it. I heard, heard somebody on this network today, one of the guests. Oh, he struggled with, his, he struggled with a stutter when he was younger. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't think that, I, respectfully, I don't think that's the problem. No. So, anything else? Yeah, in another sign of weakness from the Biden administration, the Pentagon postponed a planned test of the Minuteman III intercontinental uh, ballistic missile amid signs of nuclear tensions with Russia. Uh, today, I want to talk a little bit about something. This is coming from uh, President, uh, Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby. All I want to explain why last weekend, as you saw, President Putin directed a special alert to Russian nuclear forces, which, of course, was something that they used in their uh, explanation as to why they decided not to run this test. Now, in this time of heightened tensions, he says, the United States and other members of the international community rightly saw this as a dangerous and irresponsible move, and as I've, as I've said before, an unnecessary step. So he, he sees this as provocative rhetoric just by testing the, uh, the missile. And uh, Kirby said to the Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, planned the uh, ICBM test, but now is uh, postponing it in an effort to demonstrate that we have no intention engaging any mm. actions that could be misunderstood or misconstrued. Well, again, this is the problem with, our le this is the problem with weak le leadership as it's viewed across the country. These megalomaniac uh, maniacs, you give them an inch and they think, hmm. Yeah, they have no respect. They never stop. A little more, a little more, a little more. Push the envelope, push the envelope. That's the problem. All right, as always, great show. Thanks to Ed Henry. John Fredericks tomorrow night. Thanks, guys, on the show. As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front line protecting us. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Great job by you guys, as always. Uh, most of all, thank you to Live from Studio 6B audience. We'll see you tomorrow night, Thursday night, 8 p.m., right here on Real America's Voice, live <laughs> from Studio 6B.